Friends, welcome back to the Ransom Talk podcast. John Eldridge here with three of my favorite people in the world. My wife, Stacy. Hello. And Morgan and Sherry Snyder. Hi, guys. Hey, good to be with you guys. Yeah, it's good to it's good to be in the studio. We're going to do a series um, conversationally on something that's pretty close to all of our hearts, and particularly close because of the season that we've been walking through. Um, if you've been in touch with the Ransomed Heart world in any way, on um, social or on our website, newsletters, or listening to the podcast here, you know that. Um, our dear Craig McConnell stepped into glory and his full role in the kingdom back in August. And um, this actually isn't going to be a podcast about that, um, though we may refer to it. But what what going through all that together has meant um, is a pretty heightened need for soul care. Um, learning to being conscious of actually practices that help us nurture and restore and deepen, heal, you know, kind of the collective world of what would, what it looks like to care care for your soul. I was struck <clears throat> the other day by the passage in Hebrews where it describes Jesus as the shepherd and guardian of our souls. Mm. And I I just am aware that I think he's trying to do that most of the time without my conscious cooperation. <laughs> he's trying to shepherd. He's trying to be the guardian of my soul. But I I think I, I get in the way of that a lot. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I I want to be a more intentional participant. Mm-hmm. In, in what it looks like to shepherd and care for, mm-hmm. for my soul and for my wife's soul, for mm-hmm. our kids, for our friends, the people we care about. So we're just going to open up a conversation and, and share with you some thoughts and some stories and reflect back and forth on, um, on what soul care might look like. Um, but let me just start with... Um, a question you weren't anticipating, which is, how is your soul? How, 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 how is your soul these days? Should have been anticipating that question. Yeah, that would have been helpful. <laughs> John, for me, that's a, it's an exposing question because about six months ago, we were at May Boot Camp, and typically the mode at boot camp is praying, interceding for all the men. But it was one of those moments where the Holy Spirit said, this is for you. This is for you. So mm-hmm. kind of shifted gears and tuned in. And these words came up from this young place in my soul where he just said, I'm mad at you. <laughs> so you, young you is young mad at you older is you. Older, mad, older me. And it was this young place that wasn't particularly broken. He was particularly healthy. And he was saying, you're mean to me and you're driving me. And I, it just caught me off guard. And before I could kind of explain my way to myself or think about it, I, I had this holy conviction of he was right. The mm. demands I was, what I was demanding of my own soul was simply unkind mm. and unsustainable. Yeah. So that was May. And 
it's interesting as you asked that question this morning, it's very hopeful because I can say my soul is well to much more of a degree than it was six months ago. And we've been through some really hard things. Mm. But the distinction is Mm. I let that inform me in May. And uh, we've gotten in a healthier rhythm of an annual rhythm to care for the soul and fought for a sabbatical this summer where I we tended to our souls and it was from a full tank that I was able to come into some major battles. Some really and, hard stuff this summer. Exactly. And yeah. then some other things to point to later in the way of soul care. But it's very interesting where circumstances have been very... Um, violent, yes. challenging, and yet yes. that soul interaction mm-hmm. informed me to make mm-hmm. some calculated decisions. So better than I was six months ago. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can feel the reaction of our listeners right now to hear anyone say, I, actually, it's pretty well with my soul. You just, you feel the ache, you feel the envy, you feel the longing, right? Friends, track with us. Like, uh, me too. I get it. Like, yes, that's available. Let's talk more. But I want to hear, Sherry, how's your soul? How's your soul? I would say uh, my soul is better than it has been. What I mean by better than it has been is that Morgan and I um, just had a very rough year in 2015, Um I really got the wind knocked out of my soul in the summer of 2015, and it was very sobering. And I honestly didn't think I would be back in that place after all that God did for me in the wake of 2008. And some of you are familiar with that story. Morgan shares at boot camp, and we've referenced in other places. And so 2015 was so— um, mm, It was a hard year. Hard for yeah. me. And so I really uh, felt inspired by— by our Father in Heaven to really take a step back and look, you know, um, what was contributing and where did I need— I I didn't want to keep doing the same thing over and over again Mm -hmm. and expecting a different result. I really felt a call that I needed to make a massive change. And I was really felt a call. I was looking at a—you know, Morgan and I will often talk about this, uh, you know, living— by daily bread, but measuring in decades. And I really mm. felt inspired by the Father to say, where do you want to be a decade from now? Mm. And I wanted to be, I, I really felt, mm. um, I said, Father, I am. I, I thank you that I am a tender person, but I would also like to be strong. Mm. And I really am resilient and have some mm. um, kind of metal, more metal in me. And John, I really appreciated that yesterday uh, as I was reading through what you were offering about soul care, this idea of what allows my soul to grow stronger. And you were referencing there's a difference between relief and between strengthening the soul. And that really resonated with what the the call that I felt um, Mm -hmm. earlier this year of, I want to be stronger. Really, um, actually, it was more of a year ago, fall of 2015. I want to be stronger. I want my soul to be more resilient. Yes. I want my soul to be stronger. And an invitation to really step back and look at how I arranged my um, days, my weeks, and also my vision for what was available in the kingdom, what kind of life is available to us. And um, it really started me on a brand new um, treasure hunt with 
mm-hmm. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I, I'm, I want to say, and I'm so grateful to say, my soul feels stronger, mm. more resilient, and more with more vision okay. than it has in a long time. I'm grateful. Thank you. I'm grateful. Um, Hun, how are how's your soul? Boy, I want to say that I'm soaring after all of that. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's not what I. I wasn't trying to. I no. think the table is listing. <laughs> you should. You should have talked to us last year. We were. This side of the, this side of us last night. This side of the table is taking on water. So. No, I just I so I understand what you said about um, 2015, like not being more excited about a new year. Yes. And I think that we've got great things coming probably in this next week, our first grandbaby. Mm. We're so excited. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, we're like really excited for 2016 <laughs> to come to a close. Yes. Yeah. So my soul is, um, I mean, at the depth of me, I'm well, but my soul is weary. Yeah. It's weary and uh, battered. Yep. It's been a it's been a rough year. It's been a year of physical pain and loss and emotional pain. And um, in the midst of that, God is holding me. But man, I'm in need of some. Mm-hmm. I'm in need of some soul care. Mm. Yeah, yeah, me too. I um, <laughs> Stace, tell the story though about your car keys the other day. Oh, okay. So I spent about five minutes searching for my car keys, and I'm going to be late. Maybe I left them in the car after five minutes of looking everywhere they possibly could be. They were in my hand. (laughs) (laughs) I love you so much. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I was never going to find them because I was holding them, for heaven's sake. So, gang, like, that's how we are. Mm -hmm. Over at the Eldridge House, Mm. it's it's just been a— it's been a rough year, and mm. and um, and God has been immensely kind in it. I need to like immediately proclaim that. Mm-hmm. Yes, or or I would be untrue to the mm-hmm. story, and I would be very ungrateful. Like God has been very gracious, but man, we're hammered, and and we are in need of soul care. Yes, so like um, with you, hon, my <clears throat> my soul is weary. My soul is pretty empty. You know, I feel like I'm running not on fumes. I, I got a little bit in the tank, but I I am not. I am not Bernard of Clairvaux's reservoir that's <laughs> overflowing. Mm-hmm. You know, like a fountain that's being refreshed. I I am not. I'm not. That's not what we are, and and that's why soul care. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm tired. I, I can I can sense a, a much quicker level of irritation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty quick exasperation with things that don't go well mm-hmm. um, not a lot of not a lot of margin mm-hmm. um, I you know we're kind of in power save mode mm-hmm. here you know when your phone gets down to mm-hmm. desperate levels and your phone asks you you want to go into power save mode <laughs> you know <clears throat> it, yes. it sort of feels like like that so I just that's a that's just a preface. It's an introduction to kind of let our listeners know here's here's where we are. Here's how we're doing. When you think about, um, we're going to jump into some examples. We're going to jump into some stories and 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 not leave you all hanging, <laughs> dear listeners. Going, wow, how, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to get there. Um, we're probably going to do that over three installments. 
But let me let me just pause first and ask when you when you think about the people in your world, mm-hmm. those you love, those those that are in your community, um, church, you know, neighborhood, family. Um, is soul care a category? Like, do you see people thinking about that? Well, what's beautiful is I'm <clears throat> sitting at this table with people who do mm-hmm. and have chosen to make that an intentional part of their daily lives because they recognize what happens when they don't. Mm-hmm. And um, yes, being a part of this ministry, something we talk about, so surrounded by a company of people that are learning to grow in this and care for their souls. But in my outer world, no, mm-hmm. just the pace of life mm-hmm. and, and in my neighborhood and my friends and um, it, the demands of life are so usurping that soul care feels like the first thing to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, it feels like a luxury yeah. mm-hmm. for the retired mm-hmm. or the empty nesters mm-hmm. or, you know, some some unique group of people mm-hmm. that, that have just a lot of mm-hmm. sort of bandwidth yes. and, and, frankly, probably a little money yep. that, that could go do that kind of thing. Well, John, it's such a revealing question because as I look at all the men I walk with and, frankly, look at my own life in various seasons, it's really the great divider between people that are trying and just feeling mostly defeat compared to people living in a broken world but are living with hope, yeah. with maturation, with yes. growing in intimacy. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it, because I remember a story. So several years ago, um, I was looking to ta- I was looking several years ago into spending time at a monastery. And I got online and I was reading about this Benedictine monastery, and they were describing their culture. And they said, um, we don't find ways to fit prayer into our regular life. We actually live a life of prayer, and we find ways to fit the essentials into it. Mm. And I read that and went, that's easy. You're a monk. <laughs> exactly. You're a monk. Like, you know, disqualified. Oh, come out of the 13th <laughs> to- century. Totally. <laughs> and, and then the Holy Spirit said, nope. That's the kingdom. That's the wow. kingdom life. That is what is available, and that's what I'm inviting you into. And it was the shift that revealed this this broken conviction. And it was just a little oh, bit later after that that this this quote, this idea came from this wise mentor, where a young man asked him. He said, "How is it that I should spend my 15 minute quiet time every day?" Because as you ask that question, I think of people spending activities to try to recover the life of their soul. And this old wise man responded to this younger man and said, I don't think that God is rather concerned about your 15-minute quiet time. He is far more concerned with what it is that you do with the other 23 hours and 45 minutes of your day. Yeah. And he went on to describe that we yes. must arrange our days, yes. our entire days, where we are experiencing this deep contentment, yeah. um, then this this joy and confidence in our everyday life mm. with God. And so what I'm aware of in my own life and the lives of the men that I walk with is it comes down to a shift of 
rather than seeing soul care as activities Mm -hmm. to squeeze into regular Mm -hmm. life, that the soul is the centerpiece of our being. And it's from a soulful understanding of reality that we must shape every part of our life. Yeah, yeah. Jesus said, um, what will it profit a person? Mm-hmm. Right? If they gain the whole world and lose their soul. And and listeners, I just want to say you can lose your soul long before you die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's actually not mm-hmm. primarily a concept about salvation, but about the erosion mm-hmm. of the gift of God in you, which is your soul, like the, the eternal parts of you. So mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to pause real quick and just capture those who are going, oh, my gosh, you know, I don't know. This sounds so far beyond my reality. Mm-hmm. Here's what soul care looked like for me yesterday. It, it, I pulled into the parking lot um, here at the outpost, totally stressed out. 16 things that I was already late on doing. And rather than rushing out of my car, I just laid my forehead down mm. on the steering wheel. Mm. And and I just it was just a it was a small attempt to say no. Mm. I, I feel such demand for me to just run. I gotta run all day long. And if I don't run all day long, I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be okay. And I just I just literally needed to just lay my head down on my steering wheel and pause. And, and be kind to my own mm. inner being and breathe and, and just find my breath again and just, just let it go, just let it go for a moment. It may have lasted 90 seconds. It, th- this, isn't, this isn't 45 minutes in, this, in the presence of the living God, okay? This is 90 seconds of a rescue where it was just a turn back from the pace, whatever, to just say, Jesus, my soul, my soul, my soul. So, gang, as we lay out some things for you to think about, um, yeah, we're not going to—this isn't grad school. We're we're not going to set some massive high bar in front of you that— that just immediately you, you, you feel like a failure before you ever get started. Um, what we're trying to do is just talk about the importance of it, how we practice it in our lives, introduce the category, get you thinking about it, and get you thinking about ways that you might um, begin to care for your soul a little better. I think I'm going to pause our conversation right here. Um, and and just let that simmer. Just just let some of these initial thoughts percolate a little bit about the idea of of a life that honors the care of your soul and and some of the things you've even heard us say. Um, we're just gonna we're gonna segue out today on this um, and pick up next time with some examples and, and a little bit more insight into what it means to care for the soul. You've been listening to the Ransom Heart Podcast this week with Morgan and Sherry Snyder, John and Stacey Eldridge.